hello, and welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. And I just realized I was, I'm, <laughs> I started rubbing my, there's <laughs> oh, no way to say this, isn't it? Now I just feel really awkward. I just was rubbing my hands on my knees. I'm sitting cross-legged. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, if the microphone's probably picking it up. So I don't, if you, if you can hear that, then that was just, I was just. I was well, just, now I definitely won't delete yeah. it because Jimmy's talking <laughs> about it. Now whole explanation. Well, I just, yeah, I feel like the microphones are really sensitive. And so I was just like, oh, shoot, it's going to sound weird. I try to yeah. minimize those kinds of sounds when we record. But, you know, sometimes you just are, it's like, what else am I supposed to do with my hands while I just sit here? I don't know. We haven't recorded in weeks, Allie. I forgot how to do this. <laughs> okay, well, uh, how have you been? Um, You've been well, in I've Australia. Been traveling, yes. And I hear I'm very tan, although I okay. can't tell the difference. Um, sure. Mostly um, I'm just very burned on all the parts of my body that my coworkers mm, can't see. So. Mm. Um, so I failed at the sunscreen game, obviously. <laughs> shame but, shame for, on you. Uh, here's the thing. I use the spray sunscreen because mm. I don't understand how I'm supposed to do my own back. Okay. I There's feel like no the one... spray sunscreen will work. It didn't. You got to reapply. Because you have to like... You gotta reapply. I don't know. I probably mm. didn't reapply it enough. I That's think you didn't reapply it enough. I got distracted by the beautiful white sand mm-hmm. and crystal blue water. So we're getting old, and sun care is not a joke. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, skin cancer and wrinkles. Always, like I remind myself, and then I like forget because you just yeah. kind of no, do. I know. But like I know, I say this. Whatever like, I'm never your normal sun. sun care routine would be here, mm-hmm. you have to double it in Australia yeah. because like their UV index, they, it's like they use the same numbers and it doesn't mean the same thing at all. Interesting. So like, fortunately I didn't burn my face, um, yeah. but like, yeah. my back wasn't so lucky and I burned the tops of my feet and like, ah, that's really bad. It's painful. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, it was a good trip other than the sunburn okay. and, um, you know, stressful for work, but ultimately I think it was good. And the vacation part was beautiful, although extremely short. Yeah. Like I kept telling myself I had like a four day vacation plan. And then I really looked at the calendar and it was more like two full days with like an afternoon and a morning tacked on. Mm. So like, and not together. So you can't really do anything. Cause mm-hmm. on one hand you're like, just got off the plane and the other one you're like going to the plane. So, right. But I did learn how to scuba dive. Oh, that's right. Um, which is not as difficult as I imagined, but my ears were hating every second of it. So yeah, not going to be a new hobby for me. It was really hard to decompress, and like I kind of thought that might be the case, but I was hoping that I'd grown out of all my ear issues. But mm-hmm. also, apparently, <clears throat> air conditioning is like the worst thing for diving. Interesting. And. It was like 80 degrees. So I was like cranking up the air conditioning in my room because yeah. I live in Northern California and I'm spoiled Yeah, where it's like an ambient temperature of 70 degrees most of the time. Yeah. So I definitely was a little more congested than I think I knew. Interesting. So, yeah. So how was your uh, Buffy break? I'm, I mean, it was good. I watched a lot of other stuff. Um, but I, I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm struggling. I don't know what I've been doing the last two weeks. I've been working a lot. I had a couple of bit. Bu- I had some busy days, some busy weeks. Um, you had a little trip too. I had a little trip, which was nice. Other than getting sick, and then not being able, not feeling like I could take sick days, as I had just been gone from work for a couple of days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just continue to watch a lot of spooky content. But I think I'll save that for the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, 
This is making me sound really boring. I don't know. What have I been doing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I've just been working, I feel like. And visiting the Finger Lakes. See, that's not But boring. a lot of that was staying indoors, which was ideal for me. Some people did hikes. It looks like the weather finally turned cold. I would have stayed inside, too. Yeah. Yep. Staying inside is always the right answer. Yeah. I learned that. The sun is a devil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I don't have to worry about my vitamin D deficiency for the near future, though. Yeah. Yay. Um, Although I think you're actually supposed to sit outside without sunscreen to, like, actually absorb vitamin D. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Apparently sunscreen both... Inhibits the absorption of vitamin D and also apparently is really bad for coral. So Well, that part is true. Yeah. I just dumped a bunch of that in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I mean, I mean yeah. what am I supposed to do? I don't have a good message for that. They do make Actually, some that are supposedly safe now, but I feel like I don't I mean I don't trust that entirely, but there are definitely Well, options, that was the one supposedly. good thing was because it was really sunny. And I, I had literally burned my back like the day before. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what am I going to do? And then I realized, oh, yeah, you dive and snorkel. They either give you like a wetsuit oh. or they have what they call stinger shoots, stinger suits, which basically look like a burkini. Mm-hmm. And then because they like I got there like the day after the start of jellyfish season. Mm. So like they don't let you in the water if you're not wearing a suit. OK, so that's good. that was actually nice, which is like that's obviously the solution is like just wear a stinger suit. Right. No, I, I did. Do that. I, yeah. I did actually get really sunburnt in Mexico one time when I was there for a bachelorette trip. And then I felt like such an idiot because I forgot that I had on a previous vacation bought like a surf shirt. And I was like, oh, why didn't you just wear that? <laughs> it would have covered your back completely. But I just have never really had one. So I just it just it didn't occur to me that I had it. I was just like, oh, I'll put some, you know, anyway. Oh, like a rash guard. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, see that so works that's as well. the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, that's what you do. Yeah. And don't forget you packed it. Yeah. But nobody does that cuz it's like everybody wants to like lay out in the sun. Oh, I don't. No. No, I mean I'm yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. okay. I've talked about that way too much. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> apologies to everybody. We're moving on to Buffy now. So, I didn't even say the episode names at the beginning cuz I just forgot what we're doing. But this week we watched We're Interven- just out of practice. It's cool. watched we watched Intervention and Dead End. Intervention for Buffy and Dead End for Angel. And yeah, we can talk about Intervention. Yeah, it's our second intervention on Buffy. Wait, what was the first one? Over Angel. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> I and I feel statements, was that yeah. I feel? <laughs> That's true. Well, I remembered that lesson. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, where we left off is the episode where after, the episode featuring Joyce's funeral. So this is all still really fresh wound. I mean, obviously, there's not enough episodes left in this season for it not to be impactful on the rest of the show, um, or at least the rest of the season. So, you know, Buffy and Dawn are basically doing their best to continue their lives as normally as they can. It seems like Giles is around helping out quite a bit he's there you know maybe making dinner for them and helping clean up and do little household things for them um and so after dinner one night he and Buffy start talking and she expresses to him basically you know she's having some new fears brought up by her mother's death and the main thing for her seems to be that she's worried that being the slayer is making her too cold-hearted you know and that basically in order to keep killing things she has to remove herself emotionally from everyone around her and that 
you know, maybe people don't know that she loves them. Maybe that's why she drove Riley away, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I've got some thoughts on her self-reflection there. But regardless, she and, G- she and Giles talk about this, and he decides that maybe what she needs to do is go on this particular kind of spiritual quest for Slayers to try and get some answers for, like, what being a Slayer means and what her always killing might mean for her and the rest of her life. Um, so... <laughs> While this is going on, we get some follow-up to another thing from a few episodes ago, which is that Spike gets a Buffy bot made. I mean, <laughs> I won't dwell on that, although it is actually a huge part of this episode, so I will. Um, he gets Warren to build him a robot. It looks exactly like Buffy. It's programmed to love him and have sex with him. And it's pretty gross. Um but it looks exactly like Buffy. So while Buffy goes on this quest with Giles, they have to leave town to do so. Um, so the other Scoobies are kind of picking up the um, uh, patrol duties and they're watching Dawn. And so they're out one night patrolling around the cemetery and they surprisingly run into Spike and Buffy, who they don't realize is a Buffy robot. Um, and so, you know, she, Every, basically, this is a Three's Company mix-up of a sitcom episode where everybody mistakes Buffy, the Buffy bot, for actual Buffy. They see her and Spike together and think that it's just Buffy's way of dealing with her grief. And so they decide eventually to kind of speak to her about it. Of course, by the time they have this, you know, titular intervention, the real Buffy comes home and is very confused about all the things that they're saying. There's just a lot of, a lot of crosstalk and and zany mix-ups in this episode before they finally get to the bottom of it. Um, Again, meanwhile, Glory is still looking for the key. Ben accidentally revealed to her in the last episode or so that the key is a person, and so she sends her minions to look for somebody new in Buffy's life who could be the key, and they... For, for who knows what reason. Well, actually, that's not true. For the, Because they see Buffy Bot with, with Spike, they think that she's protecting him, and they decide that Spike is the key, so they bring him to Glory. Um, and, of course, Glory realizes right away that he's a vampire and couldn't be the key because he's not pure and innocent the way her key should be. Um, but she knows that he probably has some good information anyway and spends the rest of the episode torturing him. Um, and the Scoobies decide that they have to go rescue him because they're worried that he's going to spill the beans about Dawn. So by the end of this, they've rescued Spike, destroyed the Buffy bot, uh, and Buffy has this brief interlude with Spike where she pretends to still be the Buffy bot and that they sent her back to him so that she can thank him basically for protecting Dawn because, of course, Spike didn't actually tell Glory anything about Dawn and put himself at great risk to do that. Oh, and I didn't even talk about her Slayer quest, but (laughs) Buffy's out in Joshua Tree or something on a little spiritual quest. She runs into the first Slayer who we've seen before and has this sort of um, enigmatic conversation. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's indecipherable, perhaps. Um, Conversation with the Slayer where the main takeaway is that she tells Buffy death is her gift, which Buffy feels really irritated about and doesn't like at all because she just watched her mother die and she doesn't think that death or killing is a gift at all. Okay. I think that's everything. Yay. There's a lot happening in this episode. (laughs) Which I did know. I actually like this episode quite a bit. Um, It definitely just feels like kind of those like Heights of Buffy episodes, like the, and you know, the latter half of season three and even parts of season four, where it's just like when they're really, when everything's working together, like the episodes just fly by, you know, even though it was like, Oh, 
there is a lot of convoluted stuff happening. And it's not like the best episode of the season, I wouldn't say, but I just thought it was like really enjoyable. It's just like, oh, you really, this, this show is like kind of on rails in a way that's like everybody is working together. All the dynamics are established. Everybody plays up their parts perfectly. And, you know, you just kind of get what you want out of it, especially coming off of all the really, really heavy stuff that we've had. Like this still has a lot of heavy things going on kind of in the background, but it was, it was a good, I thought, mix and like a good segue out of that really, really dark place into what's the end of the season. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also would say that because Joyce's death was essentially like a two episode kind of break from Mm -hmm. the main storyline to like really focus on her death in the aftermath. Yeah. Um, I think the way that this episode both picks up where that left off left off and yeah. then also brings in all the threads from earlier in the season is actually really clever. Like we've yeah. got the yeah. Buffy bot, which is literally picking up the last episode that happened before, right before. his death. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And then we've got um, Spike's crush on Buffy, which has been this ongoing thread. We have Buffy revisiting the whole aftermath of her Riley breakup mm-hmm. in a way with Jig questioning like whether she's becoming too cold to really love. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the continuation of the glory storyline. Yeah. So I actually yeah, think you're right. <laughs> it's a really good way to kind of, and like you said, come yeah. back from the darkness of Joyce's death, but like pick up where they left off at the same time. And it didn't, but not feel in a way like that, that like makes it less yeah. matter yeah, it, or well, matter and, less. Yeah, and it just it didn't feel like this sort of episode where you're just getting tons of exposition, you know. And they weren't really doing that. They just were moving everything along. Yeah, I just think it was really well done. Yeah, like normally I think an episode like this where they're kind of reshifting pieces and putting them back in place would be like really kind of a chore to watch. Mm-hmm. But they did it in a way where it's like for one, and they like don't really have to move too much around. Everything's right. exactly where they left it in right. some ways. Like the last we saw of Spike before Joyce's death was he literally went to Warren and was like, build me a robot. Mm-hmm. And so here's it's the like, robot. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. And everything else just kind of picks up as well. Um, you know, we haven't heard from Glory conveniently for two episodes, but... You know, mm-hmm. she did find out that important information. Dawn was the key. Well, and, that somebody is the key. Or sorry, that the key <laughs> is a person. Yeah. And now she's trying to find out who that person is. So yeah. picking up where that left off. Yeah. I mean, and this also had, I think, the right balance of like comedic relief to serious. So again, it's like getting us out of that place gradually, but also it just helps, you know, it helps. It helps to have something to laugh at, even if it's maybe not the best. Um, I mean, the Buffy bot is not the best thing, and I admit that, and I know a lot of the problems with it, but I still laughed at some of the things she said and the general demeanor of, like, you know, it's funny to watch Anya enjoy talking to the robots consistently. Like, that's still funny to me. I don't know. Yeah, I thought... In in addition to um, everybody else, kind of, everyone else was doing jokes as well, other than Buffy and Giles, really. This episode was incredibly funny, I thought. Even Glory was making funny things. Yeah. Glory and her minions, because I put a bunch of quotes in here because I was going to take a bunch of notes. I was just like (laughs) writing down all the funny lines. Yeah, you're right. I saw a whole part where Spike tells her that the key is Bob Barker. Yes. (laughs) We will bring you the limp and beaten body of Bob Barker. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I also love when Spike shows up and Glory's like, "What oh, the hell yep. is that? Why is his hair that color?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the other one that I wrote down. There was good uh, hair jokes in this episode was. because, <laughs> like the one the Buffy pot, she's like, "Angel's lame. His hair goes straight up. And he's bloody stupid." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which of course is right out of the words of Spike. Yeah, but 
Oh, man. <laughs> well, and again, as much as, like, you know, the Buffy bot is not the best for Spike's, you know, the way Spike is coming off, especially as he's trying to romance Buffy and we're trying to believe that they can be a romantic pair, or at least I think you know what I'm saying. This is obviously where the show is going with this. Um, uh, shoot. <sighs> Just lost my train of thought. Oh, I, I guess I appreciate that. I, I mean, obviously we know that the Buffy bot is... You and I know that she's going to make at least one more appearance before this season is over. But essentially, that story doesn't... Her storyline with Spike doesn't go on longer than this episode. Which I think yeah. I forgot. I think in my head it was like, oh yeah, then the Buffy Bucks are out for a while. But like, it, it is confined to this one episode for the most part. I'm not saying that makes it okay. No, nothing about the Buffy Butt is okay, but I think that it's extremely clear in the story that nothing about it is okay. Like, nobody's saying, like, eh, like, whatever. It's, like, everyone's disgusted by it. Everybody says exactly... I I I just feel guilty for laughing at any of the Buffy Butt jokes, but she was funny. (laughs) She was. Sarah Jessica Parker playing a robot is fun for me. (laughs) Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she makes that guest appearance as the Buffy bot. That'd actually be pretty funny, too. <laughs> wow, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I, admittedly, I listened to an old interview with Sarah Jessica Parker this week, and I have and I have been watching some, like, errant Sex in the City. I don't know where that came up from this week for me, but... I, okay, well, whatever. Now I'm imagining the Carrie bot. She's like, how are your shoes? Too. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I think it's a lot like the episode where we met the other robot is that yeah. at no point is anybody like, oh, Condoning I could understand it. this. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, this is disgusting. Yeah. Um, and I think even Spike knows that it's disgusting. But I think this is another example of a good reminder of where we have to remind ourselves sometimes <sighs> that Spike is... A vampire, like he doesn't have a soul, like Angel. He's just neutered. So, well, I guess that's it's a, not. It's an like, interesting episode, then, though, because this is also the episode where he, at great peril to himself, protects yes. Buffy and well, Don. He, not so, only because I, I think it's, and I, I think it's definitely more than just he's trying to get into Buffy's pants, right? Like, I, I just don't think you put yourself in that position for only that. Like, he really does have some his vampire version of love for both of them. I think. Him and her and Don, I mean to say, by both of them. No, Buffy, and I Buffy think and that's right. But I think Spike is a complex vampire where right, he, right, right. he personally cares for Buffy and he cares for Don, so he's not going to give them up. But at the same time, he has no moral qualms about a sex robot. Right. I guess I just mean then it's a particularly interesting episode because they're going out of their way to remind us that his morals aren't <laughs> good <laughs> or they don't line up with human morals. But at the same time, he does do this thing that I think is a really moral act. So, you know, he's complicated. <laughs> Why he's so interesting, I guess. I don't know. I just, I particularly like, I think that the flip side of this story, I, this is a moment that for me, as someone who really likes Spike, I think gains me some ground, basically. It's a thing that I enjoy seeing this moment where he makes this choice, that he has no, he doesn't have to do this at all. And for somebody who's still a monster, I think it's particularly impressive. You know, the chip isn't making him resist glory. No. Even if it is making, it is forcing some lifestyle choices on him. It's not forcing that one on him. No. And I think, you know, it's not that he doesn't get punished for his choice of sure. a robot either. I mean, like this whole episode, yes, he gets punished by glory, but you could also argue that like the true repercussions of him getting the robot in the first place are the fact that the Buffy bot caring for him is what makes Glory's minions think he might be the key. That's so true. like yeah. he like having this 
Buffy looking thing, like actively try to protect him and like say, don't hurt him. Like, yeah. While they're looking for the key. I mean, he kind of, it's not like his fault because he doesn't know that that's Obviously, what's going to happen. Yeah. But I think in some way, like the only reason that yeah. that happened is because he put the Buffy bot out there. Right, 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 right. So he kind of gets his karma, if you will. Yeah, but that's fair. Yeah. Um. So, some other th- <laughs> some other things. I guess I'm curious what your thoughts are on the initial conversation that Buffy and Giles are having, where she's basically saying, "I think the reason Riley left is because I was so closed off from him," et cetera, et cetera. Well, mm, or, or, you don't have to have thoughts. I just I, it was something that I thought. No, I. Because we've talked about it before where that seems to be the conclusion that Buffy came to. was right. like she wasn't there for Riley. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't agree with her entirely or really at all. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of some of the stuff she was saying after mm-hmm. he left. And it's, it's kind of a twisted version of what Riley was saying to her. Yeah. Um, like, it's not really what he was saying to her. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I could see how she could extrapolate that from like him saying you don't love me, but and I don't right. think it's really what Xander said to her either. But it is the conclusion that they seem to have settled on that it that's is. what Buffy thinks the problem was. I guess, and, but it does make for an interesting question. It because does. We we have talked about Buffy being kind of unaware of like how she's treating people, and we talked a little bit about the way she reacted or a lot about the way she reacted to Joyce's death. Mm-hmm. And I think that all kind of goes hand in hand when you take those two together, she might be questioning if this is the beginning of a pattern. It's true. I guess I understand. I also agree. And I understand why she ends up at that conclusion. I, and I think, you know, some self-reflection on her part is not wrong. I'm glad that she has finally gotten there because I think it makes sense. Uh, I guess I just, yeah, I don't, I, I guess I just, uh, I know why they brought up the Riley thing. I just think it doesn't really fit the pattern. I still don't think that has anything to do with the rest of this stuff. Whereas like, yeah, I agree that like when she's talking about being closed off and not knowing how to process her emotions, that did come up with, with Joyce and with Dawn specifically. But I just don't feel like her being closed off is what drove her and Riley apart. Her being selfish or self-centered rather is what maybe helped draw, draw them apart. But like ultimately, she didn't ultimately, do anything. She ultimately, the show is they, trying to retcon. It. Yeah. They're yeah. a terrible job Once of getting again, rid of Riley. Yeah. So I'll give you that. Only I'm not part really that didn't ready really spot. Yeah. land for me. Yeah. It was like, Riley didn't have anything to do with this. At best, they just grew apart, and it's not her fault at all. You know? It's nobody's fault. You don't have to take a lesson away from that one, particularly. Other than sometimes yeah. people aren't right for each other. Or like, I don't It's know. also a handy <laughs> explanation that, like, conveniently forgets all the bad writing they did making Riley turn to vampires. Right, and, like, right, right, right. All this stuff. And just, like, that's <laughs> like, what makes it really, it like, it really... Yeah. It really, uh, what a, like, simplifies a really complicated thing. Like, this is what we talked about. Like, what would have been really interesting is exploring how sometimes a relationship can just kind of Fizzle, fall apart yeah. for in a, in a kind of a complicated way that has a lot of moving parts and a lot of reasons. But ultimately, the simple fact is, like, they just, you know, like yeah. you said, grow apart. But they're trying to make it extremely simple, but they're focusing on something that I don't think is backed up at all by what was happening yeah, in those episodes. I agree. I mean, I'm okay with this conclusion because I think it takes Buffy in interesting places. Right, exactly. But I don't agree that that's the Riley cause at all. And I like what it means. You know, obviously this conversation that she had with the Slayer is going to come up again. Obviously it's going to have implications for this, the finale of this season. I I mean, this is the 18th episode. There's only a few more. Of course it does. So I, yeah, I, 
that's all I wanted. I, I agree with everything that you said. I agree with everything I said. It's like, it's annoying to me that they shoved it in there. Although ultimately I think this is a fruitful thing for Buffy, the show and the person to be exploring. And but I, do, I also and I, think that, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, I, I guess ultimately, again, it just has nothing to do with Riley, but I do think this is a really important question for her to ask herself. And again, like all, every other slayer, none of them have been supposed to live this long. So nobody has really dealt with this before. Of like, what does it mean when your job is to be a killer in some way, even if it's demons and you've told yourself it's okay, you know, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. I think the thing that bugs me about this though, is like, it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. Like we've never really yeah. seen Buffy struggle with That's true. that side of everything. She, kills vampires and demons because they're vampires and demons. She accidentally had, like, she and Faith accidentally killed a human one time, or Faith did, and mm-hmm. Buffy, like, was a wreck Felt over really it. really terrible. And yeah. that might that was, like, three years ago, but still, Buffy has never struck me as someone who's become cavalier about what she does. Like, I don't think she takes killing vampires even lightly. Mm-hmm. So it kind of feels a little bit sudden but then the other thing is the show immediately says oh no don't worry about that because you have the slayer guide telling her you're full of love you love the people in your life and like this is your gift and like it'll bring it to you yeah and the show also like more subtly is also telling us that Buffy certainly has love because Spike's reasoning for why he didn't give up Dawn not only because we know he cares about Dawn Mm -hmm. but he cares about Buffy and he knows Buffy loves Dawn so right, much right, right. that her death would kill her. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's true. proof right there that Buffy's not losing her ability to love. She might yeah. be losing her ability to, like, empathize with people and not constantly be thinking about, like, basically she's, like, well, in a constant state of war, right? right. That's what I was going to say, too, is that I think it's not just that she's worried she can't love, but that she's going to always have to prioritize. You know, she's going to be the one that has to make a decision of, like, oh, is that if the choice is do you kill 20 people or kill one, that is a, a, a choice that she conceivably would have to make. You know, and that kind of yeah. thing is what will steal you against, you know, kind of a regular, more emotional lifestyle. So I, I, I do understand the concern, I, I guess I guess there's also a part of me that feels like even though I know that they're using you know they're using Joyce's death and she has this line about like I don't even know if she loved me or if she knew I loved her rather which is like of course ludicrous but I also don't think it's far-fetched for anybody who loses their parent or anyone who's close to them to just worry that like maybe I didn't express it enough I think it, I guess I'm just saying that part actually does feel pretty genuine and normal to me even with with Buffy not being the slayer even though it's uh, from an outsider's perspective, it's irrational. Of course, someone who you were close to, who you loved, probably pro- most likely knew that you loved them. But I, I get asking that question about yourself. Yeah, I, I agree that the Joyce part wasn't an issue for me. I just don't know that it all tied together as neatly yeah. as they wanted it to. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Or we're we're right. I don't know. I think we're mostly yeah. in agreement. <laughs> but I think this entire discussion and this episode as a whole is in- incredibly interesting to me, especially in light of season six. Yeah. So like where we're gonna go. Like a yeah. lot of these things that come up are kind of elements of the next season. Like it's true. the Buffy Spike situation. Um, even Buffy being detached and kind of not actively participating in relationships yeah. and maybe not questioning her ability to love, but, like, not actually actively mm-hmm. participating in love, yeah. you know? I think all of that we kind of see later, and I think it's interesting in that light to come That's back. That's a good point. I mean, it is quite a bit of foreshadowing for basically the themes of well, the next season. and we get klepto dawn as right. well, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, um, I, mean I don't know. I, I wonder if they had that in mind because... 
I mean, really, the show got canceled after the season, right? For a while or for a minute. It, I don't, yeah. They didn't know it was going to come back for se- the next two seasons. So uh, that that said, I mean, it's not like people people are still thinking about what they would write. So I'm sure before it was canceled, they'd already started mapping out. Yeah, I mean, they what? already knew the end, right? So they're like, well, this works perfectly if we don't As come a conclusion. back, but we also, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, have these planning ideas. A future. It's true. I would assume. I don't know. It would. I, I think it would be a, a bad idea not to, unless right. you were like, nope, this is it. We're done. Right. 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 Um, right. Yeah, but also, um, I want to talk a little bit about the whole search for the key. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because that it's kind of, was kind of going. a small thread of this. Like, it dovetails with the story. Like, because of the Buffy bot, they think Spike is the key, and it, you know, he yeah. gets captured by Glory's minions and all of that. But it really kind of hits home, to me at least, how clever the disguise of I, Dawn really I is. I agree, I agree. Because, like... Yeah. Okay, so they no, know that thought. it's someone close to the Slayer, and they know it's a person, but we, like, many times in this episode, Glory is insisting, no, you idiot, it can't be this person, he's ancient, and it's mm-hmm. someone new, but they've so cleverly masked their trail, because Dawn Isn't, is brand new, yeah. but why would it, how could you assume that a sister who's always been there, yeah. been is someone new, new in Buffy's life? Mm-hmm. I so, like, I was like, oh, this is, like, no, really I, I agree, and to be honest, I forgot about the... I forgot that Spike was ever mistaken as the key, and so when they started going down this path, I, I was I was thinking to myself like how much I like this misdirect, but then it wasn't the one that I was expecting. I mean, I still like it. I think it worked great. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, they're gonna get it wrong a few more times. So yeah. Um. But yeah. I was just like, good job, monks. No, like. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess just another couple. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about Buffy's outfits in this episode. Okay, good. Rather, this I don't have a lot of thoughts. I have a couple important thoughts. It's the first time in a while I was, like, really kind of noticing the fashion. Well, I mean, I think she looked great in everything, which is to start off with. I like her sweater. I like this cool coat that she's got. It is a... I understand that it's desert... A lot I of understand brown. that <laughs> deserts get cold, but she was wearing an overcoat and a knit sweater in the shining sun in the desert. That didn't make any sense to me fine it must have been cold i don't know where, where did they film that i'm assuming it looked it, to me you're right it looked like joshua, joshua tree, tree or something cold there? i literally googled the temperature in joshua tree and it said it was 58 degrees and that was well, last would, night so i was like it's not that cold it's not that cold i would assume me. they were filming it in the winter time so maybe in like it's winter time now okay you're right no, like January and Joshua Tree, and, and you know they filmed it at night, so maybe they filmed that part at like four p.m. or something. I don't January, know. January, Joshua I, I had a, Tree. I had a lot of thoughts about that too because I was Weather. like, she doesn't even look remotely hot, and it <laughs> they're in the desert. I think I think it's still sixties there, according to my very quick Google search. Anyway, I did like that sweater that she was wearing a lot though. This like brown sweater. I'm also. Mm-hmm really want to buy some new sweaters, so I was particularly thinking about it. I also really like the Buffy Bots outfit. I think that leather jacket and uh, accordion skirt looks cool. I say that because I have an outfit just like that. Well, so that's what struck <laughs> me most about that outfit was I didn't really like it when she took the jacket off because I, I wasn't oh, really yeah, a fan of the, skirt, the shirt, but mm, together yeah, I really I like it. And I had this moment where I was like, I could go buy that too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. I, my skirt's not pink, but I've got exactly that outfit. I was like, yep, looks great. <laughs> well, will you do us all a favor, Jenny, mm-hmm. for the Instagram and dress up as the Buffy bot? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not pink. I guess I could just color correct it. No, I can't. I don't know how to do that. What am I talking yeah. about? <laughs> all right, I just got to buy a pink skirt. It's fine. 
I need brown jeans, a brown sweater, and a brown leather coat. <laughs> and you need to wear it in the desert. Yeah. Um, when it's magically not too hot. I don't buy it for a second, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, did you have any other outfit thoughts? I mean, um, her hair no. looks great again in this season. They really hit a point, I think. Yeah, I think they finally figured out how to curl her hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that is the most jarring thing to me for the end of season four is like, I don't think at the time I really thought much of it, but like going back, I'm like, whoa, like it's some aggressive curls. Oh yeah. She does a lot of like, and like a lot of braided, like kinky kind of hair in that season too. Yeah. It's fine. It's just very aughts, very early aughts. Yeah. I think that season five is a good hair year. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I noticed when they were having their so-called intervention, mm-hmm. when they all discovered the Buffy bot, mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't look up the timing. So it's possible that it's just an accident of phrase, but it's not um, really a reference. But Buffy looks at the Buffy bot and she was like, or Buffy's like, oh my God, there's two of me or something. Mm-hmm. And Xander says, and so say all of us, which... I was oh. like, is that like a really sly Cylon reference? That's like, so <laughs> say we all, but oh, I'm maybe. guessing it probably was too early for that. But I was like, uh, I'm going to pretend that they did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, hmm. technically she's like a replicant. Right, right, right. 2004. Yeah. Yeah. It's too soon. Too soon. But um, my ears perked up. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, he did also great make a great callback to the time that he was split into two people. He was like, oh, I know the answer to this one. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Buffy's, like, indignation that none of them can <laughs> tell too. if she was also, a robot. Also, I mean, they just saw the robot, like, not that long ago. Honestly, I think they should have asked themselves They've all that suffered question. an emotional trauma. <laughs> that's true, I guess. But she is acting very odd. <laughs> I think when Anya starts having... Having the easiest conversations with someone, you should ask yourself that question. Yeah. Uh, mm. But yeah, when she asks Anya, like, oh, and how is your money? And Anya's like, thank you. <laughs> and also that the Buffy bot doesn't know how to say Giles's name. <laughs> just calls him Giles. <laughs> also her, um, I love the believability of the profiles of the friends. Like, yeah. they're exactly the high points that Spike would know about <laughs> yeah, everyone. Yeah. Like, and also the dating of Willow's being a lesbian in yeah. 1999 to present. To present yeah. <laughs> uh, like, he just gave Warren, like, a bullet-pointed list, and, like, Warren, like, entered it yeah. in, the, in the Buffy bot. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. It is not Bob Barker. <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> Again, the entire world could have had a spell cast on them to think that it's this true. lovely, charming man hosted a delightful game show for years. There's no reason he couldn't be the key. Glory's kind of an idiot. It's true. <laughs> I was oh, like, because we all know that that doesn't have to be a new person. Exactly. Or maybe the more years you have to cover up, like, the harder Would be harder. Be. Hmm, yeah. yeah. 14 is not as bad. Yeah, as like 40 or whatever. Well, uh, older, he's older than 40. <laughs> no, I mean like, he's only been in public consciousness. Okay, for, fair enough. Yeah, probably like 20 years. Anyway, not really the point of the episode, <laughs> but my favorite joke of the entire episode. Definitely. Sure. Um, okay, are okay. you ready to move on to Angel? I am. 
So Angel, mm-hmm. dead end, mm-hmm. uh, aka the episode where they try to make us care about Lindsay. Yeah. Hey, it sort of works. And he um, sings. Okay, so we start out with uh, seeing Lindsay's like routine. You know, he's getting ready for the day and mm-hmm. kind of glances at his guitar in the closet, and then he puts his fake hand on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see this man getting ready to leave the house. His wife and kids are like finishing up breakfast, and he's like, "Come on, everybody, we gotta go." And then he starts stabbing himself, and Cordelia has a vision of this while it's happening, but it's a really upsetting vision. She can't really get a handle on what's happening. It what's happening, <coughs> and you know, Angel and team run out and try to find anything about this guy, but they can't turn up any results. Cordelia's freaking out because they don't know how to help this person. You know, she's failing at interpreting her vision, and so they go to they get like a little lead with the kids, but then they end up going to the bar, the karaoke bar. Mm-hmm. Where they run into Lindsay singing on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently we find out that he has... Oh, I missed the whole part where he got his hand replaced. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, how is he playing my guitar exactly? In the meantime, <laughs> Lindsay kind of is, um, you know, showing his crankiness at work a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so um, they move him up the transplant plant list and he gets his hand replaced by a doctor. But then there's kind of this moment where this demon comes in. So we know it's kind of a mystical thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. So then Lindsay's starting to happily use his hand. And we see, though, that his hand is, like, evil, probably, because it keeps writing kill, kill, mm-hmm. kill, kill. Yeah. And so Lindsay goes to the karaoke bar as well, which is where everybody dovetails. Mm-hmm. And he's singing a song on his guitar that he can now play. Mm-hmm. And Lauren says that he used to come there all the time and sing. So, <coughs> um, But he's not going to give them a reading because the whole point was that they were all supposed to come to the bar at the same time because now they're working on the same case, which understandably nobody's happy <coughs> about. Um, yeah. They don't really work together, but they do eventually, Angel and Lindsay, track down the same guy who was like a parole officer who would take these felons and drop them off at a travel agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. Where they were kept alive and their body parts slowly harvested yeah. off to replace for other people. Um, and then so they figure this out. They blow up the, the body parts factory and Lindsay decides that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. He's going to take his evil new hand and get on the road, says goodbye to Angel, and Lila gets a promotion. Mm-hmm. And then Cordelia admits that the visions are starting to really take a toll. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, my notes are really bare because I went down a wormhole of... In, of like Wikipedia investigation that had nothing to do with the actual content of the okay. episode. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'll <clears throat> talk about that part later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I felt okay about this episode. I, it was very, very dark. I mean, there's more than it once was. that I, like, was like, okay, I mean, I have a note here when that guy stabbed himself in the eye. I mean, that was shocking. I knew, you know, you know where kind of where it's going, essentially. Like, when, when he picks up the knife, it's like, okay, now he's gonna kill his kids early, now he's gonna stab his wife or something and like not that those things wouldn't be horrible 
but they just, t- it, it's more shocking what he does. I just, it's just, it's just less where I thought it was going. And, and then, you know, and then it keeps dragging on. I'm like, they keep re- revisiting it via Cordelia where she's like clearly living through his trauma and that of his family. And then, you know, Lindsay is, you know, is understandably like, Hey, losing his hand actually did have an impact on him. And just everything about it, like finding all the bodies that they were harvesting, like everything about it was pretty, pretty dark. Um, but unlike some of the earlier season one times when they would try and go to these really dark places and then it was just completely stupid. Like, you know, it's not that I like enjoyed this, but I thought it was like a much better attempt at doing something that kind of like that. Well, because I think it works because, again... Because we finally know like, who these people are. <laughs> right. Like, even though it's Lindsay and, like, maybe they're mixed feelings about him yeah. and how successful his character has been, like, we do know something about him. And while I would say I'm not normally sympathetic to him, like, kind of exploring... Yeah. Oh, I, not I, Angel. I, only did Angel chop off his hand. Like, oh, ha-ha. Because, like, up until now, they mostly played it as almost a joke. Yeah. At least from Angel's point of view. And you kind of start to see the actual toll that it's taken on him. I mean, and, and then you, and it, 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 it does ex- give Lindsay a little bit of justification for hating Angel. I mean, I think that's a pretty fair reason to hate somebody, you know, like as far as those things go. It's not exactly that it humanizes him, but it does, it, it does give him some explanation, I think. Yeah. Like, I don't think it totally absolves him of anything. No, it doesn't absolve him of anything. I just feel like it's good motivation. That's what I want to yeah. say. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I did. I, I felt a, a twinge of sympathy for him, and I, I, I just, I, I liked Lindsay in this episode. Not like, like him, like I want to be his friend, but like I thought he was a good character in this episode. Um, yeah, and it is Lindsay's farewell episode. Mm-hmm. Not forever, yeah, but for a, while. for a long time. Yeah, and so I think that's smart, also in a way. I think. Yeah, I think the show probably, hopefully, after this last batch of episodes that have ultimately not really been that successful it seems like coming into the finale they've taken stock of what's working and what's Mm -hmm. not and we're really gonna see a shift yeah i think so too and part of that i think is okay wolfram and hart is going to continue to be this antagonist but they've got to tighten the wolfram and hart story yeah like there's kind of too many moving parts going on within wolfram and hart and like and Lindsay just got so bogged down in the darla storyline that it was like gonna be hard to take him Uh, yeah like, what do you do with Lindsay after this? And also, like, I don't know. The law firm drama is not as riveting as I think they think it is. So yeah, even though it has the fun twist of, like, lawyers, but they're really evil and the things yeah. they're arguing about are, like, demons, it's, like, not that riveting. Yeah, I agree. And, and, I, and yeah, yeah. I think Lindsay had just ended up in this weird position. I'm not s- sad to see him go, but I, but I, I did think this was an appropriate like farewell for him you know he is the only one that we've really seen show any remorse or moral compass at all there you know i feel like lila had like one half moment where for a second you were like oh she kind of cares about women but that was like they didn't really go far with it whereas like i don't know i think this is a good way to show Lindsay off it kind of remind us why when he kind of was interesting as an adversary was when he was not pining over darla it was when he was kind of being complicated yeah, when he was kind of the moral was, yeah, gray area. Exactly. So I think this was yeah. a fitting conclusion, or you know, at least for the time being for him. And I think the way he goes off is actually really yeah, it's fun. fun too. Yeah. Like 
I don't think that at the end, I don't think his hand is evil. No, I think it's just no. that it was being possessed by its owner. I think so too. Who wanted to be killed. And so I think once he solves that situation, like it's just a hand. He just has a normal so, hand, yeah. But, he, but I love that the partners don't know that. And right. so he's <laughs> he like playing it. up this whole yeah. evil hand thing yeah. and just walks out of Wolfram and Hart. Yeah. Because really that's the only way he could do that and um you know we'll find out ultimately how successful leaving was for him i don't i i know all i remember is that he comes back but i really don't remember the circumstances I don't remember details only that i'm pretty sure it has something to do with wolfram and hart yeah yeah uh, i don't know could be anything <laughs> for me i don't remember um yeah, we have a while though yeah um, but yeah i think that i think that was nice i again you know, for me, Cordelia really is the emotional heart of what we have going on. And I yeah. think they're always well served when they focus on that. And I think, again, you know, this episode was doing that. There was this, you, we see everybody worried about her. We do see it having an extreme toll on these visions, taking an extreme toll on her. And, and it, you know, and even more than that, I think they're finally starting to like throw their little Cordelia and Angel shipping, you know, yeah. breadcrumbs out there. And, I think I like it, I guess is what I'm saying. I remember when we first started watching this show and I was like, if they hook up, I'm going to be so mad and blah, 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 blah. Cause I just could not see it, you know? And I was like, well, I know that's where it's going to eventually go. Cause it's just how TV shows work. And by the time it finally gets there, spoilers, you know, I was like, I remember really loving it and being totally invested in it. And I think it's because like, you know, we saw that moment like a few episodes ago where Angel like gets courted all these new clothes and it's like, it's totally silly and superficial, but it is also like a nice moment where you just get to see that like Angel, they have a, he knows her basically. And I feel like this episode was kind of the same thing where it's like, we get to see her and him kind of bonding. Obviously every Wesley and Gunn are also concerned about her, but Angel is the one who's like, okay, she said she doesn't want us to keep asking. So I'll just do a thing and hope for the best. And it totally works. And I just thought that was like a really, really sweet moment. Yeah, I not think even the reason, mm-hmm. like, we could talk about it, you know, down the road, but, like, I do think the reason that throwing them together romantically ultimately works is because of the way that they get there. Like, it's really earned. Like, yeah, and they're, they're like, friends. They're building their yeah. friendship back right now, and it's yeah, fun like to if, watch. And I think that's a and ultimately, like, the basis for it is friendship. Yeah. Like, if you remember all the way back to season one of Buffy, like, Cordelia was constantly throwing herself at yeah, Angel. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. there was no way in hell that was going to be a pairing that anybody would believe, but also that would go anywhere. But those aren't the same people now. Mm-hmm. And, like, working together over the last two years, like, they've really both grown and witnessed a lot together. They kind of bonded over Doyle's death. And mm-hmm. they've become friends. And I think also... You know, you mentioned Angel buying her all those clothes. Like, I think they really get each other. Exactly. Like, they kind of yeah. understand, like, what they need. Like, Cordelia is always the first one to, like, identify whatever mood Angel's in. Right. Or, you know, and well, he knows, like, she's really upset with him, but, like, he can ultimately <laughs> buy back her friendship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice clothes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, like, specifically that her reaction, to him, his reaction to her saying thank you was to smile, and her reaction to that was to say you should do that more often. Like, that kind of killed me a little bit. I was like, this is very, very cute. <laughs> You know, because it's not romantic at all. And I don't think neither of them means it that way, which is why it was like even more, I think just so sweet that like she genuinely just means, you know, she cares about Angel and wants him to be happy. And so like the fact that he showed a little bit of happiness for a second was like, you know, that was like all they needed. I don't know. I just really liked that. Clearly. So I won't stop talking about it. Um, Anyway. Well, and I like that we're starting to see the hints of like what the visions are doing. And this isn't the last time we'll see um, something about like, because, you know, as Wesley points out, like, 
Doyle was a demon mm-hmm. and he could handle the visions, but they're not really meant for a human body. Yeah. And so it's really starting to pile up. Yeah. Um, I, I guess a couple, uh, things just about Wolfram and Hart in general. I do love the idea that they have this status meeting where they have to have like an angel update. I think is very funny. Um, doesn't really need more than that. I just thought it was like, oh, that's like, I love the idea of a person being the topic of a boring subject. I don't know, a boring meeting. Um, I also enjoyed the like, probably not the not so subtle uh, characterization of the guy. So, you know, Lila and Lindsay have been up for, they've been competing for a promotion and they're currently working on some sort of case where apparently some company poisoned people with chocolate because they bought tins that were leaching into the chocolates or something like that. And the guy, you know, the the guy that they're representing basically says at one point, he was like, well, I don't like, can't people just take, people just need to take responsibility for their own actions. And then immediately flips to say like, I mean, like how in this case it was the fault of the Chinese and not us. It was like, I thought that was like, it's not subtle at all, but I appreciated it. <laughs> um, yeah. I also like how Lindsay kind of turns that whole situation of, like, trying to kind of convey his unhappiness with work, mm-hmm. but also, like, ultimately, like, coming up with the common sense solution at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and Maybe it's, accidentally. Yeah. I do like being reminded, too, that, like, he's competent and smart, you know? I think there are yeah. often a lot of times characters like that are, you were just told over and over again that they're smart, but then you don't really get to see a lot of evidence of it. So especially he has not been proving himself to be very smart lately. No. Well, that's the thing. Like, especially when they do stupid things. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I guess here, I, I do feel like there were, I mean, I did have to make a lot of like leaps in this episode. Like, you were, I guess it makes sense that at the end his hand isn't evil anymore, but I do feel like they kind of glossed over that. <laughs> like, the explanation of it I was a little bit like, yeah, I guess Angel and Lindsay work together to destroy this place, but that's not going to stop Wolfram and Hart from doing it. So it, was, it felt a little bit unsatisfying at the end to, like, the whole cosmic point was for them to team up and take this thing down, but, like, they can't have really taken it down, Right. Yeah, if that were the only location, I'd be shocked. Or that they can't just build another one, you know? Like, yeah, it's going to defray them for, like, a minute, but ultimately, it, it's not going to matter. Um, I, I also wasn't sure if the implication is that Wolfram and Hart killed the rest of that guy's family. Or did he kill the rest of his family? seemed like he just killed himself but then they were like oh they moved to the Seychelles and I was like I don't oh I thought it was like the mom just coming up with an excuse but then later it seemed like maybe but that's a very strange excuse well and that the house had been cleaned up you know I don't know I was just like oh I'm not really clear on what happened there I guess I don't need to be but yeah there was kind of a lot that didn't get followed through on um yeah I knew as soon as we saw like a talk to that Lindsay was going to end up singing and not new because I remembered it. I just saw that and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> he sings fine, but I don't need to see that. Yeah. Those are the things that I didn't like about this episode. That's not clear. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. You didn't like Lindsay singing? No. Oh, wait. This is the whole thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, oh, okay. You're looking up his music career? Is that well, why you so, left the show? So No. So <laughs> I, I don't think so because I'm he's just, acted I'm in other stuff <laughs> ever since. Yeah. So he... 
he was singing and I was like, I had this thought, I was like, I was like is that really his voice? Because like, yeah. usually like if they have an actor like play a guitar on TV or something, mm-hmm. like it's probably because the actor has some kind of like yeah. music gig and that was like a big thing with the WB. I remember like well, yeah. all these actors had like side Still music is, yeah. projects and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh, is he like a failed country singer who just like got into <laughs> acting or what? And the answer is that no, he's actually like a mediumly successful country singer. That's funny. He has a band and everything. Mm. I mean, so does James Marsters, though. No, like, his band has, like, a record deal. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, a, like, an indie record deal, but they debuted at, like, number 57 on the charts or something. That's funny. Yeah. I guess he's not he fake. Like, yeah. Hmm. He, like, writes songs for other country singers and stuff, too, and he was in a Carrie Underwood video. Okay. Like, I don't know. I was, like... That is an wow, interesting like, this whole wormhole. <laughs> yeah. But the best part is I went down this wormhole of, like, his, like, background, and it reminded me that he starred in an MTV movie with Monica that I have definitely seen. Okay. What was the name (laughs) of that movie? I forget, but it was, like, she was, like, an aspiring musician, and he was, like, a singer. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't remember when, like, MTV made a bunch of, like, movies? Uh, Probably do, but... We were probably in, like, ninth grade or something. Yeah. And I don't remember enough about it except that I, like, read that sentence and I was like, yes, I have seen that movie. (laughs) I think he was, like, her boyfriend, like, love interest, but also, like, I don't know, maybe it was, like, a mini Star is Born or something. Okay. Yeah. But I just thought that was really funny funny. because I totally forgot that that's a thing that existed. And then (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. So this episode actually brought me a lot of knowledge. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to say he was a bad singer. It was just very, like... I just mean as soon as the slow pan to the guitar in the closet, and I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> I see where this is going." <laughs> yeah, well, he definitely sings this song on the soundtrack. Okay, yeah, it had his name on the Buffy wiki. Um, Can you hear it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did a bit of um, iTunes sleuthing mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't buy it. That was the, the little snippet that they show you. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, <sighs> that's why I really didn't remember what this episode was about. <laughs> a few, I see. I, okay, just a few other random thoughts that I have, and this is uh, something else that I should have looked up, but it was hard not to see. So, you know, there's that moment where... Um, <clears throat> Lindsay gets his new hand and he's in this meeting with this important client and he he looks like he's taking aggressive notes and then it pans to his paper and he's just writing kill, kill, kill over and over again. But it really did remind me of that scene in Liar, Liar. (laughs) I was like, I don't think you're trying to reference that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you never seen seen Liar, Liar? Liar. All right. Well, it's great. And there's this movie where, you know, the height of Jim Jim Carrey, where he can't tell lies, but he's a lawyer and it's very difficult for him. Ha ha ha. Lots of jokes. But when he's trying to prove to himself like that, he has, in fact, been cursed or whatever. He has a pen that's black and he's trying to write. This pen is. Oh, God. I guess the the pen is black and he's trying to write this pen is blue and it like won't work. And he just ends up scribbling over and over and over again the actual color of the pen. It just looks exactly like that. And it's a very funny scene. He obviously does this, like, the whole Jim Carrey spiel. Anyway, it really reminded me of that, so. I really haven't seen very many Jim Carrey movies, and most of the ones I've seen are his dramatic efforts. I mean, those are fine. I think Liar Liar is probably one of his more, one of the ones that I enjoy more. Because it's like, it has a better line of like, it's not aggressively Jim Carrey, but he's (laughs) used well. That makes sense. 
I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. It might be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of miss the Jim Carrey wave. Mm, I loved The Mask. I've oh, never yeah. seen The Mask. That's fine. You shouldn't watch it, but I did watch it not that long ago, and it was not... It was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, my last quibble with this episode is Lindsay hacking into that guy's computer. He just knew his password. Why was his password Zen? Was that a callback to something that I forgot about? It didn't make any sense to me. How did he get in his office? Did they not have guards in this very secure law office? Look, okay, there's also <laughs> a scene where Angel... Doesn't come into this guy's apartment, but he does reach through the window, which should be physically impossible. Yeah, so, yeah. Playing fast and There's loose. a lot of shady break-ins happening in this episode. I just... If you're going to make his password something stupid, don't even show me the screen, you know? I don't know. Well, he did kind of make himself sound like a hacker because he was like, oh, yeah. I don't have my laptop, oh, I can't yeah. hack into the system. He, he really made, sold me on his hacking skills. <laughs> Oh, I don't have my laptop. That's just what you would say if you're not good at hacking. He's a karaoke regular and a computer whiz. No, he's not. <laughs> Maybe it's a skill that they get Ugh. when he gets to his level. Maybe. At Wolfram Hart. Maybe. Anyway. Um, so what are the next episodes? Next week we have Tough Love and Becoming. Okay. Those yep. don't mean a lot to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as titles alone. But that's we're going to be I'm surprised by a lot. We're going to be surprised by our air schedule yeah. <laughs> and the episodes. <laughs> oh, okay. I think Angel's going to get into a good place. Yeah, I mean, Angel is think... starting off my favorite four episodes yeah. or three episodes of the run of the show. Yeah, I, I think I'm so. going to agree with you, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's talk about... You said you had scary things to talk about. Well, not scary, spooky. Okay. I mean, I already talked the about same thing. I, no, it's not. Uh, you've already heard part of my spiel, but um, so shoot. Okay, I have two recommendations this week, and honestly, I shouldn't burn through them because I'm sure I will have nothing next week. But well, this is where one. we're at. No, no, no. I want. I'm excited about both of them. Okay. Um, one of them. So I, Netflix has. Honestly, I think Netflix has the best spooky content. Best Halloween content of all the platforms this year. You know, they didn't, there's no new Stranger Things this year, but Haunting Hill was, or Hill House was, I really enjoyed for the most part. Um, you know, there's the new Sabrina. Um, and I also mentioned to Allie this show called The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell that they put out, and I really, really liked it. It's very much the sort of thing that's like, either you'll like it or you'll probably hate it. But I think it's worth checking out. It's basically, it's like, Christine McConnell is this, like, famous from Instagram and Reddit crafter who has, for years, I guess, been doing these very elaborate, like, sci-fi or Halloween-themed crafts. And she, like, got famous because she decorated the outside of her parents' house for Easter, I think, one year and, like, put this huge monster face on it. It looks very cool. I, I say this, and it's like, it's not cheesy stuff it like looks it, everything she does looks very cool and it's not gross it's just spooky or like she does like a the movie alien like alien themed like christmas cookies and like all of her stuff is just very very precise it's like really well executed everything is very cool and it's a mixture of crafts and cooking and like cake sculpting and stuff like that so she has this show on netflix that's only six episodes long but it's like a scripted cooking home Martha Stewart show. So it's like Martha Stewart meets Pee Wee Herman. 
She lives in this spooky mansion with a bunch of puppets that are like little monsters, like a raccoon that she like a little roadkill raccoon that she like brought back to life. There's like a hairless Egyptian cat that like was used to be in a tomb. Um, and then there's like this like werewolf creature. And there's so there's just like this weird little actual storyline through it, but it's just very charming. Like it's really soothing kind of, you know how it's like sometimes watching people ice cakes is like very, it's very satisfying, but it's just also, it was pretty hilarious or like, she starts off like basically the joke. One of the jokes of the show is that the first time she starts cooking something, she's like, okay, and we're going to make these really simple, like peanut butter bone, you know, uh, bone shaped like candies out of peanut butter and pretzels and white chocolate, like dip them in white chocolate, which like sounds conceivably like a thing that a person could do at home. But like, as she goes on explaining it, it just gets incredibly elaborate to the point that she's like, you want it to look as much like a real bone as possible. And she's spending like clearly at least half an hour sculpting one bone. And by the end of it, it looks like a real bone, but it's just like, yeah, nobody's going to do this. This is obviously ludicrous, but I don't know. I just really enjoyed, I enjoyed the tone of it. I thought it was like a very fun and surprising and like, there's a million cooking shows. So you know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't know how many different things can you do with cooking shows? But I thought it was a nice twist, twist on that. And it knew that the joke is that, yeah, you're not going to do most of these things. They're going to take you 10 hours. So it's probably not worth it, but I really liked it. And I did genuinely get a couple of tips out of it, or there were a few things where I was like, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't spend that long, but I could probably do a version of this. That would be fun. So I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really have anything to add because I haven't seen it. I think you should at least watch the first like 10 minutes or at least watch until she gets to the cooking segment. Then if you hate it, you you can hate it. But I think it's funny. And it's not scary at all. It's just she lives in a spooky mansion with a werewolf. But like, Wait, whatever. For real? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of the puppet. Oh, she lives there with spooky puppets. Oh, the puppet is a werewolf. Yeah, all the animals are, are puppets. Okay, you were saying this like with such conviction. I was like, Wait, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> yeah, no, they're all little puppets. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my second recommendation is the uh, new Robin album. That I can't turn off. Oh. It's called Honey. I really like it. I really like the first couple songs in particular. I mean, I like the whole thing. And it's like a little more easy to listen to kind of. It's a little smoother, I think, than Body Talk. Like it's not it, it's still like kind of dance hall type music, but like a little bit. It's a little bit less like heavy on beats and a little more like synthy and like smooth. I really, really like it. I really like the opening song, um, which was the first single. I'm obviously blanking on the name right now, but, um, but yeah. Wasn't Honey the first thing? No, 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 it's not. Um, it's called Missing You is the first one. That's a good one. And there's a couple, at least one version of her singing it live, which is on, you know, on like YouTube or whatever. And that's pretty good. Hmm. Um, Because I've had Honey streaming for like two months. Um, Honey is like way down there. I thought Missing You was the first one that came out, but I mean, the album is called Honey. No, I know, but the song "Honey" like mm. has been out for a while. Well, the whole thing came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Mm, well, either way, there's several songs. You should listen to all of them. They're all good. Yeah, I um, I, I tried. Oh, uh, you I, don't like it? I was really excited for this album. Like, I was like super happy that it was finally coming out because I've been obsessed with "Honey" for like at least a month, mm. and I maybe haven't given it enough listens, mm. but I just don't think. 
like I agree with you. The first couple songs are really good. I think the rest of it is just kind of like, I don't know. There's like one song where she's talking about like driving a car. Mm. And it's, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, like agreed. not even in like a not even in like a catchy way. Like, oh, it's fine. Like Carly Rae Jepsen has a song about going to the store. Like <laughs> it was just not really about going to the store, but like she just says I'm going to the store like over and over and over and it's like really catchy. Yeah. Like, I don't know, this Robin song is just like we're going to meet up at the beach. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I like I like that one. I like all of them. <laughs> yeah. I um I haven't written it off completely yet, but I was struggling. Mm. Yeah. I know. I'm in opposition to all of America who loves that album, but yeah, it didn't really do it for me. Okay. Well. But I still maintain <laughs> that Honey is very good. <laughs> that song is like in my head all the time. Okay. But but everybody listen to Ginny because. <laughs> What's your recommendation if you're going <laughs> to renege on mine? I'm not trying to renege on yours. I just had a very opposite reaction to listening to that album. So well, that's fun for me to hear. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do, however, as my pop culture want to second something that you have previously recommended. Hmm. So hopefully that will make up for my (laughs) disagree with you on Robin. Um, So I read the fifth season and. Also, the Obelisk Gate. And if I finish my other book tonight, I'm going to start The Stone Sky. I've had The Stone Sky for like a month and a half and I haven't started it yet. Well, I started, I got like 10 pages in. Yeah, it's really good. So just going to second that recommendation. Did you like the second? in a really interesting way. I'm curious if you liked the second one more. Because I liked the first one a lot more than I liked the second one. But I feel like based on your review of the first one, you might feel differently. No, I really liked the first one. I think where the second one helps is that it like furthers the story and kind of opens it up like I think the reason the first one works more is that it's really like special like the writing style is really different I mean it was kind of easy to figure out what was going on in terms of like the narrative yeah but like or like the narrative like technique that was happening but like the plot was a little fuzzy and like she definitely jumps you right in without really giving a lot of exposition Mm -hmm. which is I think refreshing and I think that's where the second one um, is a little bit less enjoyable as like all the exposition comes in. Yeah. But I do think they're both like, I thought they were both riveting. Yeah, so. no, I agree. I guess yeah. the first one was just so surprising to me. Cause like, yeah, it was just, it was like a, com- not complete. I don't want to say it was like completely different, but like it was in a very interesting way to like drop you into a world and then explain everything that was very satisfying. And by the, you know, not just because the second book is doing more exposition in the like narrative, but also just because now I know who everybody is. It was like less, like there was less for me to kind of puzzle out as a reader. And so I think it it just like, I don't want to say I didn't like it. I still really liked it. It just felt a lot more like the second book in a trilogy where it's like, okay, this first one was really surprising and interesting. And the second one needs to get us to the conclusion and then also has some great stuff on its own. I'm very excited to get to the end of it. You're certainly going to finish before I do, but yeah, that's what I, I get for, <laughs> you know, for my yeah. life I get life kind of obsessive, though, with books, but, um, and I've been reading, like, a ton for the last couple of weeks, because, um, obviously that's easier to do when traveling than watch TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I did squeeze in a couple episodes of Upper Middle Bogan while I had it mm. on my Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, okay, so next time we have 
Those episodes that you already said. (laughs) Yep, I already forgot. Becoming and Tough Love. Tough Love. And let's see, let's see. This week? Mm. Hmm. Oh. Can I? I don't know. Everyone's just kind of meh, right? Yeah, I I can't choose Spike. No. he negates everything with the Buffy yeah. bot, so I can't. I can't do that. I guess Team Buffy bot. She's I guess. doing her best. <laughs> she's the only innocent party. No, really. She didn't ask for I any mean, of this. Buffy, she's fine, a great she robot. Didn't do anything? Really. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Okay, team, team, team Buffy bot. Buffy bot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like for the same reason, I was like, I can't be Team Lindsay. Yeah. Exactly. He like, doesn't he do really enough to it. redeem himself. Really, he's just. No more interesting now yeah um okay all right well i will talk to you next time okay and i promise i will give the robin album another no listen. you don't have to well it's not the yeah that's <laughs> not the demand i was <laughs> planning on doing it anyway but i feel bad because well i'm allowed to disagree yeah with you, you could have your own it. opinion <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll talk to you next time. all right bye once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at OMWC Podcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.